Welcome to Talking Shift. This is where we take the woo-woo out of your awakening process. We're gonna get real on what the ascension is. I'm Diamond No, I'm your host. I'm a generational psychic, I'm a starseed, I'm a master manifester, I'm an ascension advisor. I've been teaching the science behind your awakening process for over 20 years now. We teach it across this globe. We're gonna talk about healing, we're gonna talk about sex, we're gonna talk about money, we're gonna talk about relationships, we're gonna talk about the relationship with your body, your soul, your emotions, your inner child, and we're gonna do everything in our power to help you shift into your highest timeline. Welcome back to Talking Shift with myself and Sarah Rose today. Hello. <laughs> We're going to continue the conversation on embodying trust because we got a lot of questions, a lot of comments, and a lot of love on that. So yeah. today we thought it would be wonderful to go into what I think might be the hardest lesson. Okay. In my experience, learning to trust receiving. Yes. Yeah. That was a hard one for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when we look at it, these are some of the areas in which if you're not embodying trust in receiving, what it'll look like for you. Right. So we've got uh, trusting that love is going to come in. The one, you know, that the whole one. journey that we go on. Yeah. Oh, I spent so much time there. Trusting <laughs> that we're going to receive consistent financial flow. Mm -hmm. That was also a really hard lesson for me. Trusting your body. I'm just naming That's off the ones one that I struggled yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. Like trusting that my body was going to reflect who I thought I was on the inside on the outside. And I used to get so hella mad at it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where else have we got trusting receiving going on? I just blanked out there for a second. Um, trusting and receiving what you said, love, but like relationships, partnerships. Mm. Like your needs being met kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a good one too. So we can look at, it all boils down to, do you trust that you are a receptacle for receiving? Right. And it will show up in all of these ways. It'll show up in lack of communication with your partner or, you know, solutions with your partner. It'll show up in lack of financial flow. It'll show up in lack of divine purpose. It'll show up in lack of time. That's a good one too. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have enough time in the day. It'll show up in lack of finances, lack of all of the things. Yeah. It'll show up in lack of vitality in your body even. Yeah. It was a huge journey for me. Trust overall trust was such a crazy wild do it wrong 9,000 times to get it right. Finally, <laughs> journey for me. That was like one of the hardest ones for me. So I love this topic. And I think diving into it really is about, are you trusting that you are capable, worthy, willing to receive? Right. Right. And with all of our students, one of the things that we teach and we talk about with our students is, if you are willing, you will become capable. Yeah. But if you are unwilling, you will not become capable. And unknowingly, I was unwilling. Okay. I was unwilling to trust that I was going to continue to receive because I kept going back into the fucking same story, same story all over again of like, oh, but there's not enough time. Oh, there's not enough money. How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do right. that? Like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to 
embrace it and embody it. I instead, mm-hmm. I was going back into that old story and projecting that story out over and over and over again, therefore preventing myself from actually receiving. So the trust piece was not there for me, even though I know a lot of our listeners right now. And I know I, me 10 years ago, I would have been like, I'm totally willing to receive like what? <laughs> like, I'm totally I in though. it right now. <laughs> Like I'm totally willing. Like I want it. I need more money. I need more time. I need a more vital more vitality in my body. Like I totally am willing. But I wasn't because I kept going back to the same. I was devoted to the story of lack. Yeah. Right? Like so devoted to that story that I was like, I don't even know how my friends handled me. Well, I think one of the like, I'm just having like this aha moment of, you know, I'm totally willing to be in that. You know, so then are you not believing that you're there already, that you're mm-hmm. already receiving already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 If we have to force anything, you're, you're not. Right. right? I was the like, same way, but I was like, what, what can I do to make more money? What can I do to do this and bring that in? And it's like constant, 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 like, ooh, ooh, right. And then it's just like, okay, now you're just forcing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you're stressing about it, if you're overthinking it, if you're yeah. worried about it, if you're strategizing it, you are forcing it. Yep. You are not trusting it. So, let's move into the conversation of how do we embody trust in receiving mode? How do we trust receiving mode? How do we move it to receiving mode and sustain that within ourselves? Because receiving mode is literally your game changer. Right. Like, you want the things, you have to be a receiver. You have to be. And so I want to start with, I know a lot of misconceptions in and around manifesting. People are like, oh, did I unmanifest it because I went into low vibe for a day? No, you did not. I look at it as a conveyor belt. So you've got two conveyor belts. You've got a conveyor belt that's just everything's coming at you in either survival mode or Mm -hmm. the other one is in thriving mode. So let's say that all your energy and you're like, okay, I'm going into receiving mode. This is what I'm doing. You're in receiving mode regardless, by the way, because you're either receiving your desire or your survival, right? Yep. So you already are receptacle for receiving. Congratulations. Now we just have to fine tune it. So when you're, you know, allowing the high vibe conveyor belt to serve you, and you go off for a day, an hour, a month, whatever, it doesn't matter. And you go right into that old story of some form of self-victimization or some story of lack or that old perception, you're just switching over to the other conveyor belt and the other one's just paused. So everything that you desire is still exactly where it was on its way to you. You just paused it. So then you just have to catch it and then be like, oh, and then you got to heal. Like how many times do I need to harp this? I will harp this for the rest of my life. Heal the fucking story. Heal the limiting belief in your subconscious mm-hmm. that is preventing you from residing or sustaining that receiving mode. That is how you begin to trust. And trust doesn't come easy. It Confidence doesn't come easy. We need confirmation to bring confidence. That's our human pattern. Right. So as we develop that confidence, then we move into trust. So you can't be like, I am trusting the flow. I am trusting the blah, blah, blah. It's not going to work. Is not going to work at all. And I think it'd be really cool for, let's kind of go off the seat of our pants. I'm totally throwing this at you out of left field, but okay. can we really, let's dive into some of the stories we know with our clients. So you're now an elite mentor. You've taken over my role yeah. working one-on-one with clients and I am all over in the like group stuff right now and the mentorship program. So you and I both have a huge, huge butt of experience with our clients over 
some of the stories that we hear and some of the definitions that are off within the subconscious. So I'd love to talk to a couple of stories or examples for our followers for like little like aha moments of, you know, we can think of examples, right? So I don't know if you have one right off the hop or if you want to. I do. I instantly thought of, you know, when my client comes to me and, you know, they have kids, they have a partner and they're like, well, I have to do this myself. I'm the one that makes dinner. Or I do this and I do that. Well, if, if I did that, then if I don't do it, then nothing gets done. So how are you in receiving mode within yourself? How are you actively engaging what you desire when you're telling yourself the quite the opposite of what your reality that you want? Mm-hmm. So, and then it's like, but they're coming and then, you know, you can get into like, they're assuming that it's not, that they're not supported. Right. So not only are you telling yourself that you can be the only one to do the things, but you're also saying, well, I'm not open to receiving from other people. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to receive from other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible example, actually. And a pretty predominant one. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, so these are all the things that are going on. I can't trust them. Yeah. I can't trust that it's going to get done. Right. But what you're really really saying is I don't trust receiving. Right. Right. So let's talk to, I'm having this little like laugh within myself right now. The other day I was at the grocery store. So Corey and I, and the two girls go to the grocery store. Prime example of how it's going to surface sometimes guys, I'm not perfect. So we're in Walmart and I, he takes his cart with his daughter. I've got my, my daughter in my cart and we're off getting our things. And we both have a list of things we need to get for the house. Cat litter was on the list. Cat litter was on his list. And so I'm in the cat litter section because I'm picking up like shampoo by it or whatever, right? And I'm like, oh, I should probably get it because he's going to forget. And my daughter looks at me like so wise and so factual. And she's like, you're not trusting him. Mm-hmm. If you're going to like, he already has it on the list. You need to let go and trust him that he's going to get it. Right. And I was like, he's not going to, he's going to forget. <laughs> and she's like, well, now he's going to because you just manifested it. Right. Sure enough, he forgot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. But I sent out that vibe. I sent out that energy. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal. He ran back in and got it. Not a big deal. But so it's like, I'm like kind of giggling within myself. I'm like, yeah, you're going to have these moments where it surfaces, Absolutely. right? Especially when we have a lot of distractions going on in our lives or a yes. lot of pressure in our lives or a lot of change or whatever, right? We're mm-hmm. busy. Moms are busy. Yeah. So back to that was my little like ADHD squirrel moment. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is so funny. So how do we course correct that? Oh, let's talk about it. Cause it's literally just happened in my life. Yeah. Um, so with our students, I know we dive into the definition of like, where did you receive as a child? That's an obvious yeah. step obvious. one, right? Yeah. Like the obvious step one is what was receiving as a child. Did you receive criticism, abuse, neglect, Or did you not receive nurturing and therefore it wasn't safe for you to receive? Right. Did you receive proper communication or did you receive go away, like be gone kind of energy, which was totally my life. So we want to look at that piece and we want to heal that piece. So that's a dive into making sure that we're healing that piece of our inner child. Yes. Then from there, it is, do you, do you believe that you're safe to receive? Exactly. Right. Yep. And so with that, we want to, like, we want to dig, like when you and I are working with students, it's like, we're gardening. 
Like I always yeah. looked at it as like gardening. I'm like, where's yeah. the weeds and what plants yeah. do we want to put in there? Let's take out the things that are not serving you. Right. So the safety piece is going to be multifaceted. And that's a big dive into a lot of different avenues in life, mm-hmm. whether it was major trauma or once getting a comment in high school that you weren't equal to the other kids or whatever, right? right. Like it can show up in so many different ways. But the safety piece, is it safe for me to receive? Right. Because we can't jump into, I'm willing, if your subconscious doesn't believe it's safe. Right. So we want to be able to shift that piece. Then going into receiving mode, not ironic that I'm wearing this t-shirt today. Uh, right? I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> not ironic, right? <laughs> t-shirt says, thank you. I love you. It's one of my favorite mantras. Mm-hmm. When we look for, what we want to do is shift the energy and shift the perception and shift the story. The story will not be sustainable being shifted until you dive into that subconscious and heal it, which is what you now do with all our students is healing the subconscious. Yep. So you have to heal that piece. From there, like that's your step one, that's your focus. You got to do that. You can play with the other pieces, but it won't be sustainable. But when you combine them and you do that dive, whether it's in your journal or however you process that, you're going to discover the story that's been holding you back. Then from there, you want to move into recognizing where you are receiving. Yes, I do this with my clients. Make a list. Thank you, I love you. Make a list, right? Eye candy is my favorite thing in the world. Like nothing shifts me. Music and eye candy. Like I'm not joking. I am all about sparkly. (laughs) Like I have this like this candlestick back here that you bought me for my birthday and it's filled with diamonds in the stem. So that's why it's on my desk because I play with it. I'm like, I literally play with it. I hold it and I'm like, oh, it's so pretty because it's eye candy and it puts me into, oh, I'm receiving. Right. And so I'm blessed enough right now, now at 45, not five, 10 years ago, 45, I'm blessed enough that I have a whole shelf in my office here of little gifts that I've been given over the years. And thank you cards and birthday cards and all the things to remind me, oh, look, I am receiving. Yeah. And then I go into my thank you, I love you. But before that, it started with eye candy and music. I would set up things in my space. I would declutter, go declutter one area in your house and make it yours visually. Mm-hmm. Put all your favorite things there. Mine's unicorns and anything sparkly and dragons. Like, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful whirlwind. And that triggers me every time I walk by it. I go, oh, thank you. I love you. Because it brings me joy. And that puts my vibration into a different vibration. I usually always have one sparkly fingernail. Usually, I don't right now. Because of sparkle, I'm like, oh, thank you. I love you. When I get green lights, when I'm driving, because who likes traffic? Thank you. I love you. Mm -hmm. When I get no lines at the grocery store, thank you. I love you. When someone holds the door open for me, thank you. I love you. Mm -hmm. When I get, beautiful comments on the podcast that we do. Thank you. I love you. Mm-hmm. When I connect into getting a voice clip from you in the morning. Thank you. I love you. And then I start to internalize that. And I want you to do that. I want you to look for a thousand reasons to say, thank you. I love you. And then we're going to internalize it into, oh, I aligned with that. I received that. Yeah. I'm creating this in my life. That's right. And that's going to build the confidence of how you are receiving. Yeah. And through that confidence, you'll begin to trust that process. And it's not 100% of the time, 24-7. It's not. No, it's not. We're human. Like, 
you know, I shared my little like mess up the other day where I was like, oh yeah, no, I, that's not receiving well. Mm-hmm. To the point where my daughter called me out on it. She's like, well, you of all people. And I was like, whatever. Don't judge me. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Do my best. <laughs> right? Okay, what else do we want to, what else do we want to hack apart here? I feel like when we're in that receiving mode as well, when we come from a place of it's not safe to receive or it feel, you know, when we received not the, like the, I like to call it the icky energy, like it doesn't feel good. So when we're in that receiving mode of, oh, it feels really good to acknowledge that and acknowledge that, oh, look, it was so safe to receive that. I'm in overflowing I overflow with receiving in a way. So like visualize yourself just filling up with that energy and then just like cascading out of you like a a cup, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. 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 Let's talk a little bit to asking for our needs to be met. Yeah. I just yeah. instantly like in my own, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> dynamic. Um, no. That is definitely something that I've um, been mastering in the last year was to actually like verbally ask for my needs to be met because I was there at one point where it was, if I don't get this done, then it doesn't get done. Or why am I, why am I always the one to get all the work done or do this and do that in the house? But like, if you're not asking, then you're just assuming that everybody, you know, just would rather not help you or mm-hmm. everybody's too busy. So then in that case, it just goes down into your belief structure, you know, mm-hmm. were your parents too busy? Did you feel like as a child, people were too busy to pay attention to you or, you know, it was a burden. You were a burden to other people. If you're not able to ask for help, is that why? Mm-hmm. I just like valuable. sidetracked on that one. No, that's perfect. That's yeah. like so perfect. I'm like, so that's so valuable. You made a TikTok about this recently. I think I did. Yeah. Maybe maybe like a week ago. I don't know. I remember seeing a TikTok of yours just recently and I was like, yes. Yeah. And that is it. It's like you have to figure out where all of our blockages and asking for our needs to be met and being able to trust that process. It is a unfolding. It's not an instantaneous, right? So we have to be brave enough to face that fear and ask. And yes. not in a toxic way. We don't want to be vulnerable with it. Like, I'm no. so overwhelmed. You have no idea all the things I do. Like, this is what I've got going on. I had this and this and this and this and this. Like, no, shut up. Hey, it would be really supportive if I could have your support right now. Would you prefer to do this or this? Right. Give them an option. They'll pick one, move on, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a gradual unfolding in order to be able to really sustain that space. Yes. But when it comes to the initial transition of I have not asked, I expect people to read my mind while I'm slamming covered doors. <laughs> I have not asked, how do I begin to ask? And it can be uncomfortable. And oh. it's not uncomfortable to ask. It's uncomfortable because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Right. It's we all want help. It's authentic vulnerability, not mm-hmm. toxic vulnerability. Right. Right. And so in the moment of, okay, I'm going to ask. What's the discomfort? Because it's going to be so different. The reasons you are not asking for your needs to be met in order for you to be able to trust receiving your needs being met, you are, there's going to be a belief that has held you back and it's going to be different for all of us. It is not a one switch fixes all thing. It is a, is it that I was a burden just like you brought up? 
which I think is a very common one. Is it, I was taught to be hyper-independent. That was mine. I'm hyper-independent. That's my trauma response. I do it myself because fuck you, watch me. And then I can hold it over your head later when I'm like, oh, really? Because here's everything that I did. Like, you know, it's part of my trauma response. Yeah. Right. I have to be very cognizant of that. Is it a, I don't want to burden them. Is it a, they also have it hard and I, my heart is so big that I think I need to take care of everybody first before I take care of myself. Is it a, I'm avoiding conflict. That's a big one too. Yeah. So you want to find out what is it making me feel to go and without being toxic with my vulnerability, how can I ask? And what is that triggering? What is that bringing up for me? What is my fear of when I ask what's, what's the worst case scenario? Let's start there. What is the worst case scenario? That's going to lead you down the path of what you want to heal. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead you down to the belief that is creating your emotional vibration in your body, which is leading into your perception and into your reality, your outcome. That's how creation works, right? So it's discovering that turning point. And then like literally, what is the worst that could happen? They say no. Yeah. And then it's a different conversation. Yep. Like that part's over. Let's talk about why it's a no. Um, so let's go into some other areas. Like I think the two biggest things, what are the two biggest things that you see with your students that people want in their lives? They want in their lives? That they, yeah. Money. Mm-hmm. Money is the big one. To be first. Oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Sorry, I just like, oh, yeah, okay, I've been mastering that one too. But yeah, because sometimes, you know, when we're in that frequency or there are things that we are learning, we attract that, right? So then we're attracting the clients that, in a way, match that because you're going to master it or you have mastered it. So then, therefore, like you said, like, when we reach that knowledge and that wisdom, that's what comes in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I just walk the path. Let me show you the way. One hundred percent. Exactly. Okay, so let's let's dissect these two. Okay, so let's start with the second one that you offered. To be first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, how do we want to dissect this for our followers right now? Obviously, there's. Uh, I say obviously, but sometimes it's not obvious. Um, it's the core belief structure. So you want to take a look at that. What was it like for you to be first as a child or even to put yourself first? How was that received from caregivers? Whoever was around you that helped raise you, even your teachers. So what was what did you receive from them? And also you're you when you're a younger like that, you you observe and you feel a lot more. So how did it feel? when you received it and when you perceived it outside of yourself, how was, you know, your caregivers when they put themselves first, what was the response from everybody else around them? But also what was the response from them? Did they feel guilty? Did they overcompensate afterwards for putting themselves first? Mm -hmm. Right. My mind just had a moment. Yeah. What's your ancestral pattern with the women, with the, the men, with anybody really within your, your childhood when it said, when it was, putting yourself first? What was the outward Mm -hmm. response of the world? Mm -hmm. 
What's so interesting, let's go into story time with time. What's so interesting. So this is something that I recently have been communicating with my partner. Um, we, we've just merged homes. Here we are. We both have a daughter. We're moving through things, right? We're changing things. Right. And, and that's an adjustment for both, for all four parties involved, including the animals. Five animals. Who has five animals? Anyway, so it's not busy. It's, it's amazing. Okay, so I had this mind-blowing moment when you just said, what was it like when your parents put themselves first? So there's so many lenses that we can look through and it's important to find your own lens to look through. The conversation I've recently had with my partner is one of the things that I'm struggling with and we're communicating on making sure that our daughters aren't experiencing this is the desire to be first out of like a bratty nature, right? Mm -hmm. So this sounds harsher than it needs to sound, but out of a bratty nature. So out of the, I was never put first. I never perceived myself as being first. Therefore I'm going to push until I am first. So it's not, it's not that they, they have the perception of I'm not, for, not my daughters, but I'm just overgeneralizing here. Yeah. So it can be one of two things. I'm so used to being coddled. Therefore I am first, I'm going to demand it and I'm going to do it in a bratty way. Or I've never felt like a priority, which is more of my daughter's story and my story. I never felt like a priority. When is it my turn? Right. Same, same vibration. And you and I just recently had a conversation about, I had this, I'm dissecting, I'm going all over the map. I promise I'm coming together with this. You and I just had a conversation about a week ago or so with body fat structure and adapting your body fat and your body to really represent who you are. And mm -hmm. everything has a governing system. The thyroid is a governing system as the body fat. The yeah. emotional vibration of the thyroid is when is it my turn? Right. And my body was losing weight. It stopped. Here I come together with this whole family where I feel like I'm giving and giving and giving. I'm giving and giving to the business, to the new and upcoming mentors, to the podcast, to all of these things. So unknowingly, I was being mildly triggered into the trauma response of a little girl who never got to go first. Right. I never got to go first. And one of my caregivers was so fucking good at putting themselves first by sitting on the couch and eating a box of cookies and watching soap operas instead of doing the house chores. And I had to do them all. And I remember thinking, I never want to be a woman. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm making sure that when I get into a relationship, I will be, I'll be the queen. I will be put on a pedestal. I will be loved. Right. And so this is a whole thing from my childhood. Then all of a sudden I'm in a situation where I'm a little overextended. Not that mm -hmm. I'm overextended, but it's a lot of things to be doing at once. So right. that belief structure has gotten triggered and I unknowingly have gone into, okay, if I just get this done, if I just get this done, if I just get this done, then it's my turn. And I identified that when we were in the transition and was able to communicate that and be like, here's something I'm noticing. Right. And so it's that hyper awareness to what your body is experiencing, what your emotions are experiencing, the story that's happening, the lack, the frustration that's sneaking up in little conversations, not ignoring them, but going into them and being like, Hey, what's going on? But it was able to be like, Oh, that's why. And my body's the first thing to show me. My body will stop losing weight or it'll gain weight. It'll be like, Hey, yo, pay attention. And I'll be like, well, that's interesting. And that's how I know, Oh, something's off. And then I can dive into it. Right. So we have these two back to the main point. We have these two ways of looking at, is it that you've never received and one of your caregivers generally of the same sex is what you'll be looking at. So daughters looking at mothers, sons looking at fathers, non-binary, whichever one you identify, which parent right. you identify that you had more of, right? And we're going to be looking at, did they put me first and what did it look like? Or did they put themselves first? And I perceived it that way. 
Right. As a young child, did I perceive that I was not a priority and they were putting themselves as a priority, then that's going to not allow you to ask to receive and trust that process. If you were always put forward and you had everything handed to you on a silver platter, then lucky fucking you, a uh, little envy because most people don't get that. But then that's going to put you into an entitlement sense. Yes. Right. I have a whole other theory on that's why, never mind, I'm not going to go into it, but I feel like that's a really cool experience. And that changes the vibration. And we can see that a lot in the millennial level. Mm -hmm. Like I'm elder millennial Gen Xer. Um, and I know some of my friends in high school had everything like the parents were like overcompensating and overdoting. And I can see that in my personal life with a per particular person where it's like overdoting, overconfident, like overbuilding to the point where they're entitled and they don't understand, but then their vibration somehow aligns and they get it from some source or another right? Like my daughter, when she was 16, I overcompensated. She wanted these pair of running shoes. I shit you not. And I was like, absolutely not. You have to earn them. And then one of my friends surprised her with the present. And it was those shoes because her vibration is so high in receiving at right. that point that it just like came from other sources. I was not impressed because I was trying to teach her a valuable lesson, but whatever the kid can manifest. Yeah. So we want to look at that exact example of what did it feel like? For me, watching my caregivers put themselves first, even before each other, made me resent love. It made yeah. me resent it because I wasn't receiving it. Therefore, I, as an adult, did not receive it. I had to learn how to do that. Right. And that was a gradual process. What was it like to watch other people around you receive when you desired to receive? Was, is there jealousy? Mm, that's a really good question. For me, I have never experienced jealousy. I know you mentioned that before. It's so wild to me. Like sometimes I'll look at someone and go, whoa, that's amazing. Like when I see like you, I tell you all the time, like you're freaking stunning. And every time I see you, I'm like, oh man, if I had your, your everything, like, let me tell you what I'd be doing with it. And it's not jealousy. I just, I'd like admire. And yeah. I think that's the same thing with like, as, even as a little girl, the thank you, I love you was always there for me. Yeah. That's probably the only thing that ever got me through, to be honest. Like there was so much shit put on me. That's the only thing that ever got me through. So for me, when I watched other people receive, I was always celebrating it for my friends because I was like, fuck man, you got good parents. I, I didn't like, yeah. that's awesome for you because I love really hard. But when I watched my caregivers receive, it was resentment. Yeah. It was resentment. They don't deserve it. They're selfish. They're mean. They're abusers. How could they? What, what about me? And it was anger more than anything. Okay. Like just absolute frustration. We know anger is a secondary emotion. Right. So it would turn into anger and frustration. And then underneath all of that was despair and loneliness. Yeah. And then that would create the trauma response for me of hyperindependence. Okay. So I would try to solution for me which made me become my own man. Now I admire that, that back then wasn't easy still for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was like my experience with it. Yeah. But everybody's is different, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like everybody's is different. And I know my daughter is very much in alignment with like how I function. Whereas my son, no. That young man is like, his shit doesn't stink. <laughs> like he's so, he's so sensitive and he's so beautiful, but he's so confident, so confident. 
And that's to, you know, going through the divorce process as a child, my ex spoiled him. Yeah. To compensate for the fact that there was divorce in the process. Right. I think other reasons too, but we won't bash anybody today. Right. So my son became a very confident and that kid can receive anything. Whereas my daughter goes into hyper-independence like me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's unique to the experience. Absolutely. So we know we want to look at the belief structure. Mm -hmm. We know we want to look at how we respond to it, how we respond to it, seeing it happen having a little aha moment within myself right now. I'm like, oh, wait, that particular situation. Interesting. So um, the belief structure, your thought process, the story you tell yourself on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really want to spend time discovering that. Do you have any tips on how people can discover that? I like, I immediately I'm thinking when you want to implement something that you want to do, put yourself first. Maybe it's actually making a meal that you would rather enjoy more so than your family, but, or your partner or whoever you have coming over. It's what's the thought process after you're like, Ooh, I would really love to cook that. And mm-hmm. it's immediate, like it's bringing joy to you. You know that you're putting yourself first. What are the thoughts that come after that? Are you mm-hmm. telling yourself, wait a minute, like, is everyone really going to like this? Like, and you're going down that rabbit hole of, okay. And then all of a sudden it's just like, you're changed. You've mm-hmm. made something completely different. You're going to sit down and you're actually not going to enjoy it. Everyone else is going to be like, meh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then I'm just like thinking back to all the things um, that creates and you're back into like creating resentment and frustration. And why, why didn't I just put myself first? Why didn't mm-hmm. I just do that? But it could also go into working out first, having a shower in the morning, having that cup of coffee, as simple as having that cup of coffee, but thinking of all the ways that you shouldn't have that cup of coffee mm-hmm. and just relax. Oh, I could be doing this and I could be doing that for somebody else. And, you know, I'm just thinking of like sitting there having my cup of coffee and my son wakes up and he's ready for cereal. And it's like, allowing him to do it, allowing him to put himself first and do it as opposed to me jumping up, running over and helping him out when I know for sure that he can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the thought process. What is the story you're telling yourself to get you out of putting yourself first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know, I hear people being like, Oh, I don't want to be selfish. Right. And so that again is its own belief structure but it's selfful, not selfish. And, you know, you hear the sayings of like, you can't pour from an empty cup, et cetera, et cetera. But really, truly look at it as the more you brighten your vortex, the more you expand your vibration, the more you put into, so your electromagnetic field is this aura, it's this bubble around you. And whatever you are filling that with is what you are sharing with the people in your life. That's right. Right. So Yours has to be the tone. You are actually doing a justice by making your vibration as joyful and satisfied as it possibly can be mm-hmm. because that energy is then intermingling with their electromagnetic field. So we're all walking around in these energy bubbles, legit, this bubble around us. And so when your bubble is high vibe and your child or your partner or whoever is high vibe, they start to intermingle intermingle from the outside right. in. So you're fueling them with your energy. If you are in resentment, if you were in frustration, if you were in, I have to do it myself, if you are in control issues of like, oh, I got to control the outcome, blah, 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 because I don't feel safe, 
you are fueling them with that and you are keeping the hamster wheel spinning. Yep. And nothing will change. Nothing will change. Right. The biggest gift that you can do to change your entire world is to change your bubble. Right. To change your bubble. And so it's self whole. It's not selfish. It's right. Why do anything ish? Right. Right. Like that's my, that's how I like my brain is like self ish. I'm not doing ish. I'm doing self whole. Right. And when you do that, it changes everything gradually. It's a transmutation of energy. It's an exchange. It's a ripple effect that will beautifully, drastically impact your life. Layer that with everything we've talked about. Layer that with thank you, I love you. And you will see sustainable change. Absolutely. And when you You, put yourself first, mm -hmm. recognize it, celebrate it. Even just having that little coffee to yourself is a way to recognize it and be like, thank you. I love you to yourself. Like really acknowledge it and celebrate the many ones and go, that was so easy. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. When that happens, it just becomes easier and easier. But like you said, like it is a process. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about frequency, it's like, okay, so what is the energy? What is the intention, that frequency behind what you're doing for other people by putting them first and putting you second? Mm -hmm. What does that create within you? When you put yourself first, where are you operating from? Are you operating from, I'm putting myself first because I don't really get to put myself first. Are you operating from that resentment and that frustration and that anger? Or are you operating from, oh man, like that bath, to sit in that bath would just be absolute fucking joy. And then you Mm -hmm. sit in it. So it's like when, when you are actually putting yourself first, what's that frequency? Because 100%. If you are not in that joy and that, like, I really love this, that high vibe, quote unquote, then you're not going to enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to create change. Exactly. Yeah. that. Yeah. 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 It's like, can you be present enough to fall in love with the moment yes. and receive that moment, Right. receive every moment, like look at the window and watch the birds or the trees or the clouds or the sun or whatever's available for you. Can you fall in love with something out there? Can you fall in love with something in your house? That's why I have all these sparkly shit in my house. I have rainbow reflecting things everywhere. Can you fall in love with your cup of coffee? Can you fall in love with the silence? Can you fall in love with a meditation? Can you fall in love with a bathroom break without your child (laughs) or your dog (laughs) in my case? My dog too. Yeah. (laughs) Like both dogs are like, Hey, let's go. (laughs) And can you set boundaries? Can you mm-hmm. say, no, thank you. This is for me right now. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. There's one more thing I really want to add to this. Okay. When it comes to the outcome of creating change and putting yourself into receiving mode, when it comes to the outcome, do not chase the outcome. So when we think about weight loss or healthy vitality body, when we think yes. about better communication with our partner, when we think about finances, when we think about the full bucket of receiving, being in receiving mode, do not chase the outcome. You chase the moment. Right. And what I mean by that is example, let's say you want a thousand dollars. Okay. If you are so busy searching for a thousand dollars, you're missing the $5 bills you could have been picking up all along the way. It builds, Mm -hmm. celebrate every $5 bill, you know, as a metaphor, celebrate, celebrate every milestone. Like you were saying, don't chase the outcome, right? Chase the moment allow the moment and allow the unfolding of the full receiving to take place. And it will happen. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It will happen. We see it 
every day, all day. Well, not you're in a different role now. You see it every day, all day with your students. <laughs> I'm over here doing this. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. absolutely attainable and you can arrive at any of your heart's desires. So there's lots of homework and lots of tools. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me. No um, as always, you guys can find all of our info, contact information about the elite mentoring program. If you want to dive in with Sarah Rose and change your life completely forever and always and live your best damn life, it's there. Um, everything is at diamondo.com, all of our socials. And until we talk again, go look in the mirror and find a million reasons to say thank you. I love you. Bye guys. Bye.